This podcast is brought to you by sarahraven.com, which is home to everything you need for a truly beautiful and productive garden. You'll also find great and essential gardening kit and stylish, lovely things to have in your house to bring the outside indoors, all inspired by the garden and the house being tied together. There's also plenty of garden inspiration, how-to videos and specialist growing guides. So head over to sarahraven.com today to discover even more. Welcome to Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange, the podcast of me, Sarah Raven, and various guests. And today I have got a friend, actually, who is part of our kind of female gardener entrepreneur series. And that is Arabella Preston. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit about her before we go over to her. I call her Ari, and she moved to the sort of Kent Sussex border where I live probably about 10 years ago. Uh, or maybe less. And both her and her husband, Alex Preston, are very keen gardeners. And so they came here on various courses and I got chatting to them and we've made friends since then. And so I just thought it'd be really lovely because genuinely, I think the nicest products to have in one's life in terms of beauty, but also wallowing in lovely bars and washing one's hands are Verdon and Votary. So welcome, Ari. It's lovely to have you on the podcast. And we'll talk about gardening, I promise, rather than just delicious smells. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us, sort of from the start, I suppose, how you came to do, first of all, votary, and then perhaps we'll move on to Verdon after that. Mm, indeed. They are two separate beings. Votary came first, and Votary is a skincare brand. And I used to be a makeup artist. So I worked as a makeup artist in my 20s and 30s in when I was living in London and was always, I was very lucky in how I trained. I was, um, when I first started, I was an assistant to a makeup artist called Kay Montano, who's a brilliant makeup artist who trained me, I would say, more in skin than makeup. She was all about the natural beauty of a person and not covering things up with, with shed loads of makeup. And she would very often sort of come over to me and say, what, you know, what have you done? Take, take all that foundation off the forehead. They, you don't need to put any foundation there. So my, my training was all about skin and enhancing, not hiding natural features. And, um, that has completely fed through into the rest of my makeup career, but then also into developing my own skincare brand. Um, it's where I became skin obsessed. And I, I started, I started blending my own oils literally at my kitchen table, which now I know what I know about proper product f formulation. I would not recommend anyone else goes out right. and does, but, but there I was tinkering away, blending oils, um, using them on clients. I mean, there's nothing makes the skin glow in the instant, like a really beautiful natural plant oil. It's the act of the massage. So you rubbing it into the skin, massaging it into the skin, gets the oxygen flow going, brings the blood to the surface. It makes the skin look amazing in the instant. But it also, as a makeup artist, has this amazing um, effect of relaxing your client. And that's a big part of what you do as a makeup artist is making that person feel good in that moment. They might not want to be there. They might hate having their makeup done. 
They might not trust that you're going to do a good job if you've never met them before. And it's really your job. You're very often the first person they see on a, on a shoot day. And it's your job to set the tone and to give them confidence and to make them feel good. And I used to find that if I spend a couple of minutes cleaning their skin properly, you'd be amazed how many people came and sat in my makeup chair and they didn't have clean skin. And then spend a couple of minutes massaging a really great smelling facial oil into their skin. I used to talk about the shoulder drop effect. Their their shoulders would sink and they'd say, oh God, that smells amazing. What's that? And then we'd start nattering about skincare and, and everything was kind of okay from there. Um, And their skin looked amazing. So I was doing my job. So that is really the very beginnings of Votary. I then, in my very early 20s, I'd worked in PR and marketing and I had worked for a very brilliant woman called Charlotte Semler, who then became a mate. And we were sitting having lunch one day and I started (laughs) whiffling on as I'm prone to about skincare and what I was up to. And she went very, very quiet and I could see the cogs turning in her mind. And the next thing I knew, we were walking around Selfridges Beauty Hall and she was asking me a million questions about skincare and what I would do if I was to ever launch my own skincare brand. And less than a year later, we launched Votary into Liberty, which was a sort of perfect storm of, uh, uh, you know, me landing in her lap with this essentially of kind of a, a concept fully formed in my mind and her business expertise she'd set up in numerous businesses so there was a we weren't starting from scratch in terms of you know the kind of process of setting up a business and so that's where Votary began and it's it's yeah coming up for it's eight or nine years old now fantastic so the the fundamental I mean it's very funny actually I was just I went up to my bathroom about 10 minutes ago and I I now have to have a basket full of votary flannels because mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought, because the, the brilliant thing is, I remember you explaining to me, I said, why don't you do an exfoliator? And you said, because exfoliating is really bad. You've got to do a rough flannel and that's the exfoliation. So, so just talk a tiny bit about that, maybe. Um, well, maybe not a rough flannel, but no. <laughs> a, a nice, thick, um, effective flannel. So, yeah, I, exfoliation is really important, but there are now uh, gone other days of the apricot scrubs, um, which can be very abrasive on the skin, can cause sensitivity. There are now very modern, very clever exfoliators, chemical exfoliants. So, in terms of exfoliation, I'd always recommend someone uses AHA products, so like something with a glycolic acid in it or a lactic acid. Or perhaps even using a product like uh, a retinol, which helps to renew the skin. Mm-hmm. But but um, what's brilliant about the Votary cleansing oils is that we do, you're right, we sell them with these amazing flannels and they're really gorgeous, luxurious flannels and they're soft and they're big and they take off every scrap of makeup and dirt. And that's that combination with the oil, which lifts everything off the skin. Mm. But then you get the flannel on your skin. It's like a little at-home facial. You steam your face and then you wipe and everything lifts off and you can see it on the flannel afterwards. You see your makeup, you see your grime, you see your, perhaps in your instance, the soil. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know your skin is properly clean and cleansing your skin properly without stressing the skin is the foundation of a good skincare routine. It's everything. It's where things can go really right for your skin or quite badly wrong. Yeah, and yeah. so that's always what I, when someone wants to perhaps start thinking about using some Votary, I always just press our cleansing on into their skin. And I say, go home, take your makeup off with this, then come back and talk to me about how, how, it, how it was for you. And nine times out of 10, they come back and they say, oh my God, I had no idea that I could cleanse my skin so well with an oil. Yeah. Um, it's funny, we sell a lot of our cleansing oils to stage actors and actresses because of course they understand 
how an, an oil can remove night after night that thick, heavy stage makeup without stressing the skin. Yeah. It's more effective than any other way of cleansing. Yeah, well, you you pressed some into my hand about mm. three or four years ago, and I am a devoted fan and have done it every night since. So I, I'm definitely one. But talk us through perhaps the next phase, because I've never really moved on to anything other than that. <laughs> well, I do do your moisturizer, of course. But anyway, so ideally you cleanse and then you go to bed with a moisturized skin as well. But you don't do tonics or anything, do you? Um, we do. <laughs> okay. I've clearly, I've clearly not furnished you with enough products, Sarah. I, so we, yeah, so we, when we launched, we were very much the oils brand and we had cleansing oils and we had facial oils. Yeah. Pretty much since that day, we have only launched non-oil products and I still adore natural plant oils and they still inform everything that we do and the way that we formulate. It's always about never drying the skin out. Yeah. keeping it beautifully hydrated, maintaining the skin's barrier function. However, we uh, we now sell serums and we have masks and we have our daily apple toner. So we okay. make all sorts of different products that are more often than not sort of nature inspired, sometimes are 100% natural, but not always. You know, we have our intense night oil, which is made with beautiful natural plant oils. So we have rosehip oil in there and avocado and tomato seed oil, but then also a lab made retinoid mm. that we know works really, really, really hard. So I always try to formulate with the best of both worlds in mind. Yeah. So yes, generally that is, in my opinion, beautiful natural ingredients. But we will then drop in these very key lab sourced ingredients that we think, you know, only enhance the products. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. And so then what happened was you then decided to move on from just beauty uh, skin products to sort of luxurious hand creams and moisturizers and things. So talk about Verdon now. Mm. So Verdon was our lockdown baby, but really it had been in existence for a little while longer than that. I mean, over the years, Charlotte and I, when we were formulating, one of the things we really loved about the formulating for votary process was the when it came to developing the fragrance for the products. And we actually have a fragrance-free line, but we also in the rest of the range have um, used natural fragrance to, to, to lightly fragrance the products. But we could never fully explore that within Votary because at the end of the day, Votary is about transformational skincare. It's not about how it smells. Mm. So we'd been on a journey and we thought initially we were going to launch a natural fragrance brand, um, a, a fine fragrance brand, I should say. And we flew down to grass and we met perfumers. And what we realized is that it is not possible to do a completely natural fine fragrance. So at that point, we decided to change tack a little bit and we said, okay, so what we're really passionate about is the natural fragrance and the essential oils. So we instead are going to just change to products that we know we can use that those fragrances in. So that's when Verdon was born. It's a bath body natural fragrance brand. So we have bath oils and washes and creams and candles and reed diffusers. So yeah. it's, and that brand is very much about trying to bring that moment, those moments of nature indoors. So, you know, yeah. if you can't get out on your walk that day, if, you know, you're perhaps stuck in a city, how can you bring the, the benefits of being in nature? You know, those times that you're on a walk in a forest and you take a deep breath and, you know, your body and your mind settle. Can we bring those little moments into the home? And that's that's where Verdon began. And I mean, uh, how I know you, as I said at the beginning, is through 
nature and gardening. But will you tell us about gardening for you and how important it is in your life as well as your work life? Yeah, so my husband and I, as you mentioned, we really only discovered gardening when we first moved down here. I mean, we were living in northwest London. We had a literal postage stamp garden there, which I'm afraid to say had artificial grass. (laughs) So we really came from a knowledge base of nothing. I say nothing, but I grew up in very rural Shropshire with a very passionate gardening parents, particularly my mother. And so I did have some base knowledge, which I only really realized when I moved here. And I realized, Mm. huh, I know that I need to deadhead that daffodil. Mm. (laughs) Um, So, but at the same time, I mean, I can remember standing about a year after we moved in, standing in our garden, my mum was down staying with us. And I remember saying to her, so sorry, can you just run it by me one more time? What's an annual and what's a perennial? (laughs) So we really, we really were starting from a base of nothing. Um, But luckily, we were both equally passionate about it. And I think that's lucky because um, of the amount of time we spend on it, but also the amount of money. Um, So we've never, never had an argument about how much money we spend on the garden. Which given that when we moved in here, there was really nothing growing. It was a building site. It was filled with rubble. We had some amazing uh, mature trees. So we had some oaks, some scot pines. We had a small apple orchard, but there was basically nothing else here, So, we were, which was amazing in some ways, but also really daunting and it, in, sometimes used to make us very impatient, I think, in the early years. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful, the garden you've made. And I remember coming over to see you and yellow rattle forming such mm. an important part under under your apple trees. So did you sow that yourselves or was that there? Or Yeah, we did. So so under the apples, the first year, some oxide daisies came up and that was sort of the first time anything just appeared in the garden. We moved in in January, which is a bleak, bleak time of year yeah. down here. And oh God, I always remember my mum saying, you know, how she hated January and February and I never really understood it as I was kind of gadding about London, yeah, which is yeah. full of lights and people and cinemas and restaurants and my first winter here I thought I don't know if I can swear on here but you know uh, Jesus I I like I what have I done this is terrible yeah. and then I remember in that first May when the oxide daisies came up and I was like wow okay so I think I I feel something for this and um I suddenly could sort of see our lives here be, being about the seasons and the changes and embracing that yeah. But yeah, the orchard, we have developed a little wildflower meadow under the trees, which we planted the yellow rattle in the first year, which obviously starved the soil a bit. And now we've got, you know, orchids that come up and mm-hmm. um, it's it's a lovely thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we make apple juice. I've banned the making of cider after a really dark bank holiday Monday where we spent scrubbing cider off the ceiling of the you know, um, kitchen. No. <laughs> <laughs> all exploded yeah oh, we now no. mull it and add brandy instead it's a much nicer okay. thing very good mm. so I suppose tying it back into the subject of the podcast so first of all what what are your favorite fragrant plants that are sort of tying it into the business so the garden and and rotary and verdon together mm. I mean, my absolute favourite fragrance is something I can't grow here, which is um, neroli, which obviously comes uh. from the orange tree. And I, I just could live and breathe and bathe and inhale neroli till I die happily. <laughs> so one day, I think I maybe need to go and live somewhere where I can 
have an orange tree. But otherwise, I lo- I do love things we can go. I, you know, I love lavender. I love jasmine. I, I do love florals, actually. Otherwise, I tend to love more earthy, slightly more bitter fragrances. I mean, I love just the smell of nature. I love being in the woods around us and the smell of the the moss and the lichen and the at this time of year, the autumn leaves, you know, kind of slightly going a bit, you know, rancid yes. <laughs> underfoot, just an yes. odd thing to say. But, and I think we formulate at Verdon in that way. It's quite earthy and woody and the fragrances yeah. are a bit unusual. It's not actually very girly and floral. No, it's not at all. That's why I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'm sort of more inspired by the environment rather than sort of single note perhaps with the exception of the neroli, I'm sort of more about the kind of everything that's going on and the seasons and the, the literally the smells underfoot and the touching of things, what's left on my hand after I've picked something or pruned something. Yeah. And what's the difference between neroli and orange blossom? Or are they the same? It's same. Same thing. Same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, actually, yeah, the other thing I love is the petty grain, which is, is the, comes from the actual sort of wood of the, um, orange citrus right Mm. gosh Mm. and then back to the garden I wonder if if you wouldn't mind giving us maybe three four or five absolute favorite plants which as a relatively new gardener the things that you found really easy to grow and sort of tolerant and and but really rewarding yeah so I actually I stole a lot of ideas from my mum um she grew these amazing, um, they're not difficult at all, which is why I love them, these white flower carpet roses, which they, they're not fragrant, but mm. they're real doers. So if you need to fill a, a space and they flower all summer long, I mean, they've really only just stopped for us here. So as part of a kind of planting scheme, that they just go year after year and you keep deadheading in them. They're, they're fantastic and disease resistant. I love, again, my love of hydrangeas comes from my mum and I have many hydrangea annabelles planted really yes. in her sort of memory i have a kind of bed of them that um and then i also have hydrangeas from her garden in shropshire that i have planted out here i just i just adore hydrangea all year round i think there's always a kind of place yeah. for them whether it's cutting them and then bringing them in and drying them i tend to leave them i don't prune them until the last possible moment and so i have all sorts of hydrangeas <laughs> again my mum was was prone to giving us plants that she couldn't grow in Shropshire. So she'd always say, well, I can't grow this. So I'm giving it to you because you might be able to manage it in Kent. Um, and mm. we have a Californian tree poppy that she, oh. she's like, Romnaire culture, and she, she could never grow them. But we have one that is thriving here. Fantastic. Yeah. Because I always think that doesn't like our heavy clay because you're on clay like me, aren't you? So it's sort of... No. So we have it in oh, a little bed um, okay. by the house that we can kind of manage the soil a little bit because it's, sort of it's almost like a container in a way. But yes, yeah, so we do mulch it and kind of look after it. But it's, it's on a south facing wall. So I think it, it likes that. But yeah, the clay, the clay was a real shock to the system because the, the soil in Shropshire is a fine, loamy soil and so I grew up to me that was just what soil was so when we moved here I was like what what is this I mean I remember trying to help Alex plant some bulbs the first you know sort of October November that we were here and it was completely backbreaking and I basically haven't done it since I have to you know it really is I hate to say it but for down here it's man's work yeah. I mean, I know you do it, <laughs> but I, I literally, I could do about half an hour of it. And then I sort of had to come in and lie down. 
yes, and have a no. cup of tea. Bulb um, and it was, I just, yeah, I just couldn't believe the soil here. So that has been a real adapt. I mean, it's obviously got some positives to it, but um, that has been a real adaption for us. Yes. I suppose the last thing I wanted to ask you is why you love gardening, what, what gardening means to you and sort of how you use it in a way to balance. Because you, you're a hard worker like I am. And I, I just wondered if, if that was, I mean, you also have, you still have children at home or, you know, partly at home now, I know. But I just wondered what gardening means to you. Mm. I I love embracing the seasons. So actually, I'm not someone that, I don't love January and February, but I actually quite like this time of year. Um, I love the seeg into autumn and I love yeah. Christmas. So it helps me embrace the seasons. It's it's hope. It's a connection to my mum and to my past and to my childhood. And it, you know, like you say, I, I work from home and I work quite hard and I work long hours, but being able to get up from my desk and literally just take five steps and be outside and looking at something that's going on in the garden is yeah. something I'm grateful for daily, hourly. To, to sort of observe the changing of things outside is... Yeah, I think it's just a way of notice, being present and noticing the the kind of journey through life and kind of these sort of markers, these sort of milestones. Um, and yeah, not feeling too like life is sort of escaping from you. Yes, absolutely. And with, with Verdon, being able to then, as you say, have it in your bath or have it when you wash your hands. And that, that mm. sense of that connection is, and they are, honestly, I, I must just um, reiterate to all of you, they are just such uh, incredibly natural seeming fragrances. They just feel mm. like you are just crushing something underfoot or squashing it in your hand or whatever. And there's nothing chemical about uh, the Votary and Verdon range. It, that's what I love about it is it just feels like it's part of the garden. So thank you, Ari. That was um, so lovely to have a quick chat as we build up to Christmas and perfume becomes somehow, well, for me particularly, very, very important, isn't it? As we sort of retire inside more and spend so much time at home. And yeah, so I thought it'd be a really nice one to do at this time of year. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Grow Cookie to Range with me and Arabella Preston. I just thought I'd mention that Votary are running 12 days of Christmas with a different offer every day between the 1st and the 12th of December, so during the time that this is going out. Next week, I'm joined by another fantastic female entrepreneur who loves gardening and plants, and that's Kath Kidston. So join me then. You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes we talk about on this podcast by heading to the show notes or at sarahraven.com forward slash podcast.